0: Thomas Frank is the author of What's the Matter with Kansas and the Wrecking Crew. His newest column for Harper's Magazine, The Easy Chair, is More Government, Please. Thank you for joining me, Thomas. You got it, Rick. Thomas, that's pretty radical. Uh, Pretty soon you're going to be carrying a red star and a sickle and hammer into Washington, (laughs) (laughs) D.C. Yeah. More Government,
1: Please. Yeah, it's going the opposite direction of what everyone has been saying for about 30 or 40 years. Uh, and you know i'm not I'm not gonna apologize for that, Rick. We're in a you know we're in a, a serious economic situation, and th- this is the sort of remedy we should be considering.
0: That's one of the things I think that's been so interesting about um, the trends in government and what so many people on both sides of the aisle are saying, which is tends to be to ignoring be ignoring the advice of most economists during times such as these.
1: Well, uh, the advice of uh, the Keynesian economists. Mm-hmm. This is—you y- y- got to remember—in Washington D.C., there's a, d- a different mentality that uh, you know that, that applies. And in this city, the the consensus—and they use that word consensus—the consensus is that a real problem is the deficit, and we have to get that deficit under control. And you remember—I mean, last summer, you—they even had this this sort of horrific showdown. Over the deficit that wound up with Standard and Poor's downgrading the U.S. debt, you know the debt, the horrible debt ceiling showdown. Then they had the super committee showdown, and it's you know it it just seems to go from bad to worse as they pursue this this uh, you know this fantasy that you've got to uh, get the deficit under control. But what I what I decided to do in Harper's was just uh, put that aside and uh, you know and talk about about uh, what the real problem is, which is the recession and unemployment. You know, which is still uh, unacceptably high, and what we might actually do to solve the problem.
0: You know, um, talk a little bit about the inspiration for this article. Our favorite advertisement for apply a tan, John Boehner.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I was watching uh, a speech that John Boehner, the Speaker of the House, uh, he was giving a speech, uh, and I was uh, and, and I was I was drawn to it for a different reason because he said in the speech he said. Um, that the job creators of america are basically on strike and that uh, that was a very uh... well striking uh... turn of phrase i was uh, i was struck by that rick and uh... you know i thought that was that was a really peculiar thing to say uh... It, basically the idea was that uh, uh... that that we can't solve the unemployment problem uh, because the only, uh, this, is, this is what Boehner was, was saying in you know, so many words, we can't solve the unemployment problem because the only sort of social actor out there with the power to solve it is small business. That's the job creators. And until we give them politically what they want, which is to say what John Boehner wants, then th- they're not going to create any jobs and unemployment will remain unacceptably high and so on and so forth. And what the, the, what the job creators want, uh, you'll be surprised by this, they want their taxes cut and they want uh, they want to roll back the regulatory state which you do that well that's like a you know some kind of uh weird you know uh, mental malfunction for a different occasion the idea of demanding deregulation in the wake of this you know horrible financial uh, catastrophe that we've been through but it, this idea of of job creators going on strike was very intriguing to me for a bunch of different reasons Um, But the the main one being that, in fact, there are all sorts of ways that government can create jobs without, uh, you know, independently of of small business and independently of any business. It's been done before.
0: And and it worked well, too. It
1: it did work. It's, 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 in fact, really, really simple. Government just hires people directly. It's very expensive, but it's very simple. You hire people directly and you put them to work, you know shoveling snow or raking leaves or filling holes or or doing sort of grander projects nothing too complicated though uh... and you this was this was done on a enormous scale in the nineteen thirties and they were able to i mean put millions of people to work within about a month of you know starting the starting the program it was you know a, a huge success if if what you're after is putting people to work you know if what you're after is getting ready if you're worrying about the federal deficit, that's you know it's not gonna not gonna help you out there in the short term. In the long term, yeah, but not in the short term. But anyhow, so that's what I that's what that's what that's what I kept thinking about as I was watching this this John Boehner speech. It says though that whole experience of the 1930s has been erased from the memory banks. It's as though that's just completely impossible. It's not even worth talking about.
0: It's been redacted.
1: Exactly, and and by the way, this is not just uh, John Boehner. You know, sort of an easy target. You know, I kind of make fun of him in the in the piece, and I talk about the kind of ties he likes to wear and the, the 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 quality of his voice and that kind of thing. But this is this is not just him. This is, I mean, even when President Obama, you know, this sort of you know, super liberal in the conservative imagination, had both houses of Congress and the overwhelming majority of the public behind him, and he went out and proposed his giant stimulus package back in 2009. He didn't even do this. He didn't, he didn't set up a federal job creation agency, no. They, the stimulus package went was supposed to get America uh, going again by, via tax cuts, uh, handing out money to state and local governments, which is, by the way, a, a, a pretty good idea. The tax cut's not not as good an idea, but through all these intermediaries, he, he never proposed setting up a new WPA uh, or something like that. I mean, there are some people in Washington who have proposed uh, direct job creation, uh, government job creation, but they are, as we say,
0: Outside the consensus, Rick. Outside the consensus. You know, one of the things that strikes me about what you say is that when you hire somebody, as you can immediately like this, and put them to work, that has an effect of more than just putting somebody to work. That puts, I think there's echoes from that. Yeah, it, it
1: puts money in their hands and they spend it
0: but but uh, you know, also these are, too. these are
1: unemployed people these are not people these are people in you know by definition a kind of precarious situation this is not people who are going to you know sock the money away in a savings account or in, in the stock market these are people that are going to uh, you know go out and buy necessities with with it or make uh, make mortgage payments or or something like that these are this is it would have a sort of direct uh, effect on the economy and it would actually have I talked to uh, several economists about this. It would have a much more direct impact. It would have a a higher multiplier is the term that they use. A higher multiplier than almost anything you could do except for, I think, one thing, and that's like food stamps. (laughs) If you just, you just, just gave everybody loads of food stamps, for some reason that has... That has, that has a great effect. But, but, uh, but, but hiring people directly, you know, those obviously food stamps doesn't put people to work. That doesn't build public libraries in your town. But putting people to work does. It's, it's just about the, the most direct method you can use to deal with uh, the problem of, of the recession.
0: You know, too, uh, when you put somebody to work, that changes their vision of the world around them, of the economy and of the government in one fell swoop. Yeah, it, and all it, of a sudden you get yeah. have people who have more economic confidence, the country has more economic confidence, confidence, the country has more confidence in itself and I think that's kind of uh, creates a snowball effect beyond just the immediate A snowball money. effect to communism. <laughs> <laughs> you see what you you see what you're saying Rick Cleffel? <laughs> we'll flip it on
1: its head. Back in the 1930s that actually happened and it made people really uh, Happy mm-hmm. you know, they like having jobs. it turned out people like i mean we, we the 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 unemployment is really is a terrible thing and you you read these sort of interviews with unemployed people and they're very depressed uh you know it's an awful thing uh, but when you make uh jobs for them and you 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 give them a job, it totally changes the way they view things uh, absolutely it does and there's a this is one of the reasons that uh conservatives have always hated uh uh Uh, you know, government job creation programs like this, they think it's a form of political corruption. Uh, You know, those people would probably go out and vote for, if Barack Obama did something like what I'm describing, uh, and they did go out and hire millions and millions and millions of -of out-of-work people, and, you know, put them to work doing the various things that I I suggest in the article, or whatever, you don't come up with them, there's a million different things you could have them do. Those people would probably probably be very grateful to Barack Obama.
0: They might vote. They would for him. probably
1: vote for him.
0: Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now,
1: it, it, ordinarily, in most aspects of life, we'd say, "Well, that's as it should be. That's an incentive to do the right thing." Then maybe you know that's that's a, so you know he does something right and people like him. You know that's 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 fine. But but no, in Washington, that's thought to be completely unacceptable. Uh, that's the, even dangerous.
0: Now, so. t- talk about your tour of, you know, the country looking at, and your, you know, your own experience with the, the remnants of the WPA and some of your suggestions.
1: Okay, well, I, you know, uh, one of the, the sort of points in favor of what I'm doing is that people, or what I'm proposing is that people generally look back on the job creation programs of the 1930s very, very fondly. Uh, there, there are two programs in particular, the WPA, Works Progress Administration, it was called, and the uh, Civilian Conservation Corps, are things that people remember, uh, you know, with very, you know, nice, warm, happy memories. The Civilian Conservation Corps basically built, you know, big parts of Rocky Mountain National Park and Glacier National Park, you know, all those beautiful uh, highways, very meticulously constructed by hand because they wanted to, maximize the number of jobs so they did everything you know fished. no power tools, did it all with shovels and you know wheelbarrows and things like that. And the uh, the WPA I grew up in Kansas City. I don't know if you've ever been there, but a lot of the really monumental buildings in downtown Kansas City were built weirdly enough during the Great Depression. Uh and they are, you know, they're very imposing. There's this beautiful enormous auditorium, uh the city hall, the county courthouse, uh, which are both skyscrapers, you know, really wonderful buildings built by the one of the uh, one of the New Deal agencies. I forget which one. And the elementary school that I went to was built by the WPA. And so when I was a kid, you know, growing up in this environment, going in summers going to Rocky Mountain National Park, and then you know, going to school at the at a, at a school built by the WPA, and you know, all the sort of great buildings of Kansas City having been built by the by the Roosevelt administration you know this was something that uh, i thought of this as having been instead of being a, a horrible time you know i didn't live through the 30s obviously but instead of, i look back at it as having been a kind of a, a golden age of you know of public construction you know there they built these amazing things and i'm not the only one that thinks this way as i was sort of digging around uh and trying to you know look up people's memories of the wpa one of the one of the guys that really liked it was Ronald Reagan, of all people, <laughs> thought the WPA was awesome.
0: Well, that's one of the things too that um, uh, the uh, new conservatives who are so opposed to such projects. I mean, uh, one of the reasons you've talked about this in your previous book is that really goes completely against the grain of the Star of the beast philosophy. Exactly.
1: Well, that's a that's a you know the one way of looking at the sort of grand narrative of of American politics is that you know we have been on this kind of uh, long project to dismantle the New Deal state and it's taken a long time 80 years now mm-hmm. but the uh, the the conservatives have sort of finally uh got their way uh you know they 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 they've been dismantling it very slowly over the years and uh you know they've uh, but but the idea of uh, putting that into reverse, you know. And, and oh I'm sorry, and you mentioned starving the beast. This is that's that's sort of a part of that project, starving the be the beast being government, you know, you take away if you if you if you cut taxes enough and hold this incredibly strong line against taxes and never allow taxes to increase, you will eventually, you know, kill the horrible uh government the thing that we all hate and fear and that and that first became big in the administration of Franklin Roosevelt and so it's all been this sort of you know long 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 revenge fantasy against against Roosevelt and of course what I'm suggesting is utterly in violation of that i mean we've we've been on a tear you know for decades to limit the size of government reduce the size of government they, here in DC, I mean, they still spend lots and lots of money in Washington DC. The government obviously spends, you know, tons and tons of money, but they do it by outsourcing. They do it with contractors. Mm-hmm. They don't hire people directly. If anything, they're doing the opposite. You know, they they uh, they, they get rid of of direct employees of the federal government and replace them with, you know, Blackwater. I mean, even in the the army, you know, even the war in Iraq was largely done by contractors.
0: Well, that seems that that just adds a whole new layer of overhead from which we get nothing. It makes uh, the management of those companies incredibly wealthy and still keeps the people who are doing the real work uh, working on pretty low wages. Well... Some of them do,
1: and some of the some of them don't. there's It's it's very inefficient. Mm-hmm. But, well, look at the at the end of the day, Rick, we don't know for sure because it's never been uh, audited. We we've never done a, a thorough study of the government's contracting policies. It's never happened. Now the Obama people are talking big about doing something like that now, but it's never happened. It's just we do it because everyone assumes that the private sector is more efficient. Than, than government, so if you outsource things, and and I'm sure there are certain cases where that's true, but there are, I mean, anybody that lives in D.C. can tell you hundreds and hundreds of examples of, uh, you know, stories of contracting just gone all wrong. I mean, it, it turns out it's it's a system that allows for all kinds of corruption you know because of course every contractor has an army of lobbyists you know their offices are all right here in town and you know it's it's a it's 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 not the best idea the best way to run a, a you know a giant the government of a giant country like ours it's better to have it's far better to have a well-paid very responsible and very very professional civil service
0: now, um, you talk—there are a couple of uh, people out there, Jan Schlakowski and uh, George Miller and uh, Frank Lautenberg, all—Lautenberg—all talking about uh, what, you're, what you're interested in, a 21st century WPA act. And I, yeah. that seems to me—do um, you think that that can get any traction?
1: Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Rick. <laughs> Look, it's, all, it's fun to talk about this stuff and but when we do talk about it we're breaking one of the sort of basic rules of washington journalism which is you know you don't talk about things that are that are just simply off the table uh, that are ne- that are outside the consensus that are never going to happen and and uh, the republicans have the house of representatives and they also have even though the democrats have a majority in the senate uh they don't have enough of a majority and so they uh, you know the, it's easy for them the republicans to filibuster anything the, there's no chance that something like this would happen even though and this is kind of an interesting point rick there are conservative economists as well as liberal ones who recognize that this would work uh, like i said the wpa is not it's not uh... you know the the experience of the nineteen thirties it's not this completely uh... outrageous you know imposition on on the world it was once something that people thought of as being pretty normal a, a normal strategy and so there have been plenty of conservatives who've commented on this and acknowledged that, yes, if you wanted to create jobs, this is a way you could do it. <laughs> you know, it's, but still, politically, it's off the table. And I, You know, it's kind of interesting to me why it's off the table. Um, why? But,
0: why is it off well, the table? Well,
1: because of all the things we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. The direction of America, the, the trend in politics for 40 years has been in the opposite direction. It, the, it's, it's unthinkable even to liberals like Barack Obama to do something like this.
0: Well, you know, uh, that's, I think, the value of columns like yours and of articles like yours is that um, sometimes solutions need to be made visible. I mean – Well, that's nice of you. Again, and to put I, things into, into the debate. It, yes, and exactly. Th- that, you know,
1: I'll tell you the funnest part of writing a story like this is, is when <laughs> I started asking my friends, well, what would a 21st century WPA, if you were to set one up uh, just to employ people and to do it really fast – you know uh, employ a lot of people, get them put them to work right away, do things sort of like what the original w p a did what would you do and you remember Rick the original w p a they did some very uh, clever things like they um uh, i mean they put they put a, a lot of manual workers back back to work a lot of blue collar workers but they also put there's a lot of unemployment along among people like writers mm-hmm. just like there is today and uh, they 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 started a theater program um, i mean a a really massive theater program. They had plays in, you know, put on plays in cities all over America, and they started a uh, a, a writer's program, which is the one that, one of the ones that, that most, that, that a lot of people remember very fondly. They put out, they they wrote tour guides mm-hmm. to all the states, and, I mean, very elaborate and detailed tour guides, uh, and I, I'm a, you know, I don't, I know some people who collect these, and I don't, I don't go that far, but I do own several of them and they're wonderful there i like of course i have the one for kansas and the one for missouri and you know that's there's one for washington dc that's really really incredible and these guys did uh, amazing work they also um i'm sorry i'm getting away from the subject because what would they do what would we do now mm-hmm. and
0: uh, <laughs> I,
1: I wander like that rick i digress well, it's, that's one my, it's one of my great failings
0: in <laughs> no, life. I don't think so. I think that those digressions are what inform uh, the discussion. So what would we do now? I'm well, thinking, I build thinking build out Wi-Fi well, everywhere. Well, I mean, we're in a similar
1: kind of situation today. One of the one of the, the groups that you and I know a lot about who have really you know been hurt in recent years is journalists. Mm, where you've yes. got this industry is collapsing. Well, why not put these people to work? Uh, Set up bureaus covering state governments and city governments, and you know, I mean, that would be tricky politically, but you could figure out a way to do it. Why not send armies of researchers and you know former graduate students and that kind of thing into the libraries to scan old newspapers? You know, just uh, I'm, you know, I in in the course of my research, if I could, you know, call up a newspaper from a given city on any day in, you know, over the last couple of centuries just think what a what a wonderful thing that would be if you could just sit down and read the newspaper from you know I don't know 1965 or something like that what a what a, you could basically never pry me away from the computer screen you, <laughs> <laughs> it would be fantastic uh, and you could put all kinds of people to work doing something like that or um you know, build out. You know, and then other things. Build out the internet out to every small town in America. You know, people in small towns and rural areas are notoriously underserved. It's very hard for them to get online. They're under. The, it's it's hard for them to connect to the internet. Put it everywhere. You know, build it all over the cities. Uh, build it in. You know, like with the in the in the 30s how they did rural electrification uh you know do it with the internet
0: uh, exactly
1: I'm... or 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 look at all the you know how we overbuilt housing over the last 10 years put people to work taking the, <laughs> the overbuilt housing apart you know <laughs> tear those mcmansions down but do it by hand rick do <laughs> be very careful when you're doing it you know salvage the sinks Salvage the toilets, salvage the beautiful granite counters in the kitchen, you know. But 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 take take them apart. Uh, you could you, there's and this is just things that that my friends and I uh, thought up sitting around one night. You could you could you could do all sorts of wonderful things with a with a you know the workforce that you could put together.
0: And also that those people would be employed. They'd be able to be put more money into the economy, and they'd bring the nation back out of its. Uh, per yeah you know, exactly session. Yeah. I, I so I as I say, I think the that having articles like this are really important. It might not seem like it makes a much of you know we might not see uh Lottenberg's twenty first century uh, WPA Act passed tomorrow, but by virtue of seeing this this puts that idea in a lot of heads and that's a good thing. It's a so. start.
1: It's also important to remember that I mean this this entire debate that we're having You know, this political debate that we're having in America now about the job creators and how can we flatter them and make them happy and send them greeting cards and all this kind of, you know, (laughs) do all these things to to please job creators, but... uh... The fact of the matter is that they aren't. You know, the 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 idea that this is the only way that jobs can be created uh, in in society. I mean, of course, when I'm talking about government creating jobs, I'm talking about temporary, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, temporary uh, work until the economy picks up again. But the idea that there is no other way to create jobs is just is is a complete fiction, and it's it's time we recognize that.
0: And also, when leaving things in the hands of these uh, job creators who are on strike has created some really um, difficult conditions, and more and more companies are saying, "Don't bother to apply if you aren't employed." So,
1: <laughs> oh my goodness, well that's that's awful. And the but the idea uh, that job creators are on strike is by by the way is itself a really uh, peculiar thing for I, I, the Speaker of the House to be saying. I mean, this is something that they. Um, that again, they used to say back in the 30s. It was a way that the that the people on the left end of the Roosevelt administration. That's how they would when when there was you know there was a recession in 1937, and that's how they explained it. They said the economy has has gone back into into recession because uh... You know, we have a capital strike in America. The 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 rich people, the one percent, basically have done this to us deliberately, in order to make political demands, in order to to discredit Roosevelt and and make you know various demands that the New Deal be reversed and that kind of thing. And historians have generally regarded that as conspiracy theory. They don't they don't think there really was a capital strike in 1937. They think the recession happened for other other reasons. But here is a Republican. Uh, speaking on behalf oh,
0: of this group <laughs> uh,
1: of the strikers and saying, "Yeah, it's on," and until you you give us exactly what we want, you bet it's on. It basically, confirming the um, sort of worst fears of the uh, of, of you know of the left in the 1930s. It's it's it is a really strange move for Speaker Boehner to make. It's also strange because. Ordinarily, when you have a, you know, a general strike or even a very, very large strike, you know, a railroad strike or coal mine strike, Republicans are the first ones out there demanding injunctions, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, in the National Guard, you know, that sort of thing. They don't they don't say we got to give in to their demands immediately.
0: We must capitulate.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They never say that.
0: Well, we're hoping that Thomas Frank will find some way to make his foes capitulate. We'll look forward to his next article in Harper's and his forthcoming book, which is? Pity the Billionaire. I... It'll be out in, uh,
1: in the very beginning of January, and I'm looking at a copy of it now. I just got it yesterday, a finished
0: copy, and it looks real good. I'll be speaking with you about that soon. Thank you very much, Thomas. All right. We'll see you, Rick. Uh huh.